what does Amazon really mean when they say they want you to create a great customer experience or a great buyer experience, depending on who you are at Amazon? Hello, this is Leslie with Riverbend Consulting. I have the beautiful Kaylee with me. Hi, Kaylee. Hi there. Thanks so much for joining me to talk about this. Kaylee is one of our brilliant consultants. She works with clients all day long and helps them solve problems in their Amazon account so they can keep selling or start selling again, depending on the problem. And Kaylee wanted to talk to y'all some about the buyer experience or the customer experience. So Kaylee, I think a lot of people, even people who sell on Amazon, especially non-Amazon sellers, they just think of third-party sellers as just moving product. So talk a little bit about how, that's not how Amazon sees it at all. <laughs> right, well, I think it's easy to depersonalize a transaction that takes place online. You're not walking in a door, you're not smiling at anybody, you're not talking to anybody, you're not, nobody's there to ask questions about, hey, is this a good product? All that takes place online, so it's easy to depersonalize it. Um, it can feel a lot like a fulfillment service for a buyer, but um, you know, there's certain metrics that Amazon is paying attention to, and they're very reliant on how the buyer feels about the transaction, um, whether it arrives on time, of course, if it's as described and in the condition that the buyer ordered it, and that they do have a good customer service experience in the event that something goes wrong. These are all taken into account and there are metrics that cover those things for that very reason. Okay, so Amazon, so this is one of the things I find fascinating about Amazon that I never understood when I was just a seller. I only started to understand it when I was helping sellers as a consultant, which is Amazon's idea of what is acceptable customer experience or buyer experience is 100%, right? So tell, tell me if I'm wrong. No, I mean, Amazon is the gold standard. You, you hear people are so Amazon driven because it's not the lesser services like eBay or Alibaba. You, get, you go to Amazon because it's fast, it's reliable, it's high quality. Um, and that's why they keep getting the repeat customers and they're growing at the rate they're growing because it's 100% everything. It's gold standard, it's greatness. They're not going to accept anything less. You know, and when you think about it, people pay for the privilege too of shopping on Amazon. Now, not of course, if you're just gonna have standard shipping, but with all the prime customers that they have, people are prime members. You're actually paying for the privilege of getting your stuff in one to two days. And what I find fascinating is that um, Joe, my business partner, he recently told me about the statistic he saw about how Amazon gained some obscene number of millions of prime buyers over the whole COVID timing time frame. And during that time, Walmart and Target have started offering two, free two-day shipping on all these items and you don't pay anything for it. And that blows my mind. So I think that goes to that gold standard you're talking about where someone will actually pay a premium for the privilege of prime shipping on Amazon while you could get it for free on Target or Walmart. It's just, that's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes you wonder like how long that'll last, but that's a whole different conversation. But yes, because of that, I think third party sellers have this huge standard 
to live up to. So if you're a third party seller and your customer has a bad buyer experience, how can it bite you? Um, so first your ODR SKUs, um, your order defect rate. So that's your negative feedback, your chargeback, your A to Z claims. The target is under 1%. Uh, we know that buyers who have a negative experience are more likely to leave a review than a buyer that, who has a positive experience. So already you want to make sure that you're getting more positive experiences out of the things that you can control, like the condition of your items and how fast it's shipping. And of course, the buyer seller messaging and the good customer service. And again, you're likely to lose repeat sales if the buyer has a bad experience. So even if your private label, um, you know, things that you want to establish your brand, establish repeat sales, you can lose that with just one bad experience, one unsatisfied customer. Well, and woman after my own heart talking about control what you can, which is like, really my theory of all of life but <laughs> but i think the reason that's my theory for all of life i've learned that from selling on amazon like there's there's certain things you can control and then there's all these things you literally have no control over so if you don't control the ones you can oh my goodness you're going to be in big trouble like if you just ignore your packaging or whatever you're just you're asking for you're asking for an a to z claim absolutely so tell me some about great customer experiences. What have you seen from our all-star sellers that does create a great customer experience? So when I'm analyzing an account, I'll look through the buyer-seller messaging because that's for at least MFN, that's going to be one of the first places that a dissatisfied buyer will reach out to the seller for a resolution. Uh, so I want to look at the quality. I want to see the responsiveness. Are you letting that message lag for days with no response? Uh, are you following through with what you agree upon? Because if you say you're going to issue a refund and you wait maybe until the end of the week to process all of those, you're giving that buyer a chance to file an A to Z claim or a chargeback. So our, already your metrics are being skewed negatively. Um, so I really want to say prioritize that buyer seller messaging. Go in in the morning, clear everything out, respond to everything, do the same thing in the evening, um, you know, use your manners, call them by name, create template responses, just really basic things that make the buyer feel like you care. I love template responses. You know, I've told so many sellers this, when you're running a business, you're trying to make people happy and you don't necessarily believe or like what someone is telling you in the email messages, your tone comes through. Or, oh my goodness, we have seen some terrible responses from some of our clients who've said terrible things to people. And you always wonder, like, were they having the worst day ever? And they said this awful thing. So templates are so good because they keep you honest and they you write them when you're in a good mood and you're happy. And then also you can delegate. You can delegate it to a team member or a VA or a VA service like we have. And, um, you know, our VAs, we write templates for each account to make sure that the messages make sense and that they're friendly and happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so another huge thing, I think, for buyer experience this sounds so basic, but oh my goodness, I think we've all seen it, is making, 
<clears throat> excuse me, making sure that the goods actually match. Like people are getting what they asked for instead of some generic item or something that you thought was close. Um, because not only will that get you dinged for, uh, you know, someone who complains, but then Amazon might come after you too. Right. I mean, that's, that's basics here. Make sure that you're listing an item that matches. Um, I say, look at the pictures. That's the easiest way. I have a lot of sellers who tell me, oh, I only match by the title, which is a sure way to have matching issues in the future. So again, it's things that you can control, put standing operating procedures in place to safeguard against those things. Yeah, and match to the UPC. And you're right about photos because beauty products are huge on that, that someone else will go change to the new packaging photo and then people are confused and they think they're getting a different product and they're really not. And you know, you didn't really do anything wrong, but ding, there you get it. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And another thing, of course, that I want to stress y'all is customer experience and buyer experience aren't just about making Amazon happy and customers happy. It's about keeping you happy because if you have enough complaints, Amazon will take down your ASINs or your account. So you have to prioritize the customers, but also remember they're not your customers. They're Amazon's customers and you have to treat them accordingly. I learned, I learned early on when I was writing appeals, I used to say my customer in appeal letters and Kelly, who is our super amazing business process engineer corrected me and said, never say that to Amazon. They are Amazon's customers. They are not your customers. And I think that's the mindset. If there's nothing else that we can say to people, that's it, which is it can't just be great customer experience the way you see it. It's got to be how Amazon sees it because it's Amazon's customer. And I want to mention that even with your buyer seller messaging, um, with everything, with re your reviews, obviously your feedback, everything Amazon is watching. Um, it, it's not like you can say certain things to buyers, like incentivize them or ask them for positive feedback and not just neutral feedback. Um, what I mean by that is we know it's against the rules to ask for positive feedback. You can't do that. So if you say things within buyer seller messaging, thinking that it's private, um, they are being monitored. <laughs> Yes, the bots are looking for the keywords all the time. So yeah, you can ask for honest feedback, but not positive feedback. And if you curse at a customer, it doesn't just take the customer complaining to Amazon. Amazon will search out and find and just search and destroy mission. They will find these things in your account. So you're right, Kaylee, it is, um, you are being watched. Big brother Amazon is watching. Well, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about customer experience and buyer experience. I hope this was useful for everyone watching. Please remember to like and share and follow and all those good things. And also very excited to tell you all that we are beginning to move our audio from happy hours over into podcasts. So wow. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, iTunes takes forever, but Google and Spotify, we've already got up and going. And so it falls into the podcatcher apps. So if you like to just listen to the audio and not have to be on Facebook or on YouTube, uh, that's a great place to catch us. 
and uh, we would love to see you downloading our content there. So thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Um, in about a week, we've got a fantastic guest coming, an IP attorney, and I'm sure that we will be Oh, we're up on iTunes today. Yay. Um, just got that note. Thank you, Tina. And uh, whew, how exciting. They made us buy a song. <laughs> really? <laughs> so y'all, if you ever want to set up, a, this is hilarious to me. If you ever want to set up your own um, podcast on iTunes, you have to buy a song for 99 cents, like to prove that you're real. So Tina bought um, Don't Stop Believing." That was my next question. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll all have to gather somewhere at a piano bar and sing it together one day. So yes, uh, be sure and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and come hang out with us again. Everyone stay safe. And thanks again, Kaylee. Thank you. Bye-bye.